Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And whew, we're into the next arc already. I mean, as much as we love Aria for Don Iupa, we don't need more than one uh, filler episode in a row, you know? Like, I'm completely fine with just doing one filler episode and then moving on to the next thing. Uh, which is going to be a point of contention come season three. <laughs> because well, uh, we, we got lots of filler episodes oh, do they ever oh my god so many preparing you for season four is what it's doing well <laughs> i mean yeah in a way that's not a bad description <laughs> of what's happening all right so uh let's get right into it this is the garment industry arc this is five episodes so again this is going to be three weeks we're going to do two episodes the first week two episodes the second week and then the third week is going to be the last episode and then arc in review yeah. so uh, that should be a ton of fun and then we're getting the two most important filler episodes ever but we'll talk about that when we get there uh first up seventh avenue freeze out uh so i want to put up bruce springsteen know, which right? is you know 10th avenue freeze out um anyway the fascinating thing about this is that this is what the first time ever we have opened an arc not with Vinny. Because the first thing that happens in this uh, episode is we meet the, we meet uh, Eli and David. Yes. Like that's, we, we start with Eli and David, which is Jerry Lewis, uh, you know, fantastic actor. He doesn't get enough credit, but this episode, this arc should show you why he deserves all the credit. This Just is a, this. Remember incredible. the yes, the French love him, oh, yeah, and know, you can sort line. of see oh, why. I mean, like he's so good in these five episodes. Mm -hmm. He's he's incredible. And then of course you've got uh, the dear departed uh, Ron Silver, who uh, just a fantastic performer, amazing actor. Yeah, I didn't like his real world politics, but I don't like Gary Sinise's real world politics either. I still watch his movies. And he was always fantastic. Like, uh, Ron Silver was an amazing performer, always has been. He was the bad guy in Time Cop. <laughs> he was the bad oh, guy yeah. in Time Cop. He's been in dozens of movies and TV shows. I've always loved Ron Silver, and he's incredible here. Uh, so, yeah, just two stellar actors working at the top of their game in this episode. And that's oh, yeah, what we because start with. You believe that these are who they are. And yes, and yep. that's where you start, which mm -hmm. is very interesting. Oh, it's very unusual for the show. And that's why yeah. I was so impressed that they're, it's, it's a chance, you know, because they start the episode with there's all, they're having all sorts of financial troubles with their business. They've got a, uh, they got a shipment. They got a shipment of goods that's $2 million worth of clothes that they had cut in Korea, right? Yeah. Uh, cut and sewn in Korea, and they're gonna set and they're gonna you know sell them on for you know two and a half million dollars. So they're gonna turn in a nice tidy profit off of this, but it's not a big it's not a giant deal by any stretch of the imagination. But they're working on such thin margins as a company that this two million dollars could completely destroy the company if they don't get. It. And they we learn an interesting thing about trade deals, which is as we're told. Some idiot put a, the wrong bill of lading on the on the shipment. So yep. instead of saying it came from Korea, it said it came from Japan. 
and unfortunately like the years can like the years amount of clothes you can bring in from japan without paying full tariffs because that's how these things work like they have x amount of dollars worth can be uh free of tariffs and then after that you have to pay full tariffs on them that's already expired from japan but not from korea and i, th- I think so it was china oh no no i i rewatched it and it is korean japan it is okay because yeah, remember china wasn't fully uh all of the free trade wasn't fully being done with china in 1989 yet or 1988 yet so uh it was okay. japan and korea was doing the full trading okay okay i, I mean i just ha- watched it but you okay. just watched it, yeah but i swear it's korean japan but anyway um, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter where it's from. The point is, the bill of lading got uh, flipped, so they're screwed unless they can come up, unless they can get it out of customs or come up with two million dollars. Because oof, they uh, they cannot get right. They cannot get the stuff off the boats, and they need to come up with the money. So they decide, oh well, we'll we'll go to Johnny Coke bottles, a factor or a person who fronts money for business. Uh, the term for a person who will front money for a business deal at a high interest rate because the business deal will close quickly. So if you need like yes. $500,000 to get a consignment of goods on the border and then you sell it on for 600, you ca- you take the $500,000, you get the consignment, you pay him his 25 grand and give him his money back. And that's, it's a short range, essentially bank. It's a short term bank. And of course that means he also works as a, just a loan shark. Yes. Yeah. Being a factor is just one step above being a loan shark. It's just you're a loan shark for a business, which is 100% legal, I guess. In a way that being a loan shark for Well, you can do it in Canada, too. These short, anyway. These short-term loans, yeah. Uh, But now they're open up for consumers. The whole short-term loan industry wasn't as big a thing back then because they hadn't destroyed all of the banking laws yet. That wouldn't happen until Clinton was in power. Let's not even go there. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. That's I don't want to do too much politics. This no, no, not, week. Po- not this week. No, no, we don't have. We don't have to do many politics this week. It's it no. mostly doesn't come up. I mean, we're going to talk about city politics in the second episode, but that's yeah. not. That's just city politics. It's just regular, you know, corruption. Everyone assumes. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, they go to Johnny Coke Bottles. Who is? Um. Yeah. It, it, just a minute. Just a minute. That's Paglia. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's it's the from, same guy from, from Crime Story. Yeah. From Crime it's Story. It's from Crime Story. Polly. Yeah. The real life person that the movie Thief was based on. So yeah, yeah. they dragged him in. And he's, oh, I love him so much. Well, this is the, this is the most revisitation of Crime Story that oh, you yeah. get. Absolutely. Yeah, because he's... at least three three key characters. Yeah. Are played by people we've already seen in Crime Story yeah yeah it's really nice uh so yeah it's just it's fun for us long time well, fans of crime story and again it is they've already used people from crime story in the show but it's like really this is openly paying homage to crime story in this arc getting just as many people as they can from that show because i mean hell even uh you know even sunny steelgrave had been in crime story yep yeah, like everybody's everybody's from Crime Story. It's fantastic. Uh, so they say, yeah, no, he's like, I can't do if you want five hundred thousand dollars, if you want a quarter million, you know, I can, I can get you that. I can't give you two million dollars. There's yeah. only one place on Seventh Avenue you can go, 
And that is to Stanley Tucci. Oh. Oh my god. Like, this is the first time I had ever seen Stanley Tucci in anything. And he is so incredible in this arc. He's so good. Oh, it's one of those, you know, a star is born type things. He's so fantastic. And I mean, he's not that old a guy. He's only like late 30s, early 40s in this episode. You know, he's not the the mature Stanley Tucci yet that we all know and love today. He was a pretty young guy by comparison. You know, this is years before Big Night made everybody notice him finally. Well, he um, shortly after this, he did uh, Adolf Eichmann. Oh, God, how incredible was yeah, In conspiracy. Oh, yeah, he was. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, the thing that made everybody in love fall in love with Stanley Tucci was Big Night. And this is still, like, a decade before Big Night. Yeah. Or close to it. So it's like, this isn't a Stanley Tucci that everybody loved already. Uh, as you say, that would come in Big Night. And, of course, he was in Conspiracy, which we've already talked about over on uh, Profiling Criminal Minds, which is a yeah. just a masterpiece movie. Like, just an incredible film. All right, so Stanley Tucci... He's like, okay, well, I will, I will lend you the money at normal rates, and then, uh, how, how great when he's doing talking about the rates is just like how easily he rattles off these horrible, all of these horrible loan sharking fees that he tacks on because it's like yep. you got it. It's like okay, three percent here and one percent there. Yeah, and- it's one percent a week, and you have to pay through my service and then there's a service charge for using the way to pay me and it's just like it's one to one and he's chiseling them for four and he ends up chiseling them for like four percent a week on the two million dollars which is a well it was 3.5 oh sorry 3.5 no yes it's no because he paid he had the money the two million for one week and he had to pay thirty five thousand in big okay so there you go Uh, so it's 1.75 sorry 1.75 but the the key part here, though, is that in addition to that, he's also the he's the guy who runs Amici Trucking, which is the, you know, mm-hmm. the big trucking company that is all the union signs off on. And so you've got to get him to move your goods if you want to move anything on 7th on, Avenue. On 7th Avenue. So anybody who makes clothes needs to use Amici Trucking to move their goods or your goods don't get moved. Because the union will boycott, they'll have a picket line, they'll blow up your trucks. Come on, it's the union, it's still the 80s, and they're all mobbed up. So, he's going to jack up their fees, because they were locked in to a fee well, that he had negotiated no. with um, with Stanley Tucci's dad. He's playing Okay, Ricky but Penzola. here's this. Please okay, go. right? No, no, but he doesn't, he's not going to jack up their fees at this point. He no. just makes the point... He makes the point when, that they're going when to have he's to modernize landing, the rates. Yeah. That that maybe. Yeah. It's it's just a maybe. It's just a well, it's just a, you know, I mean, it's a threat is what it is. Yes. Because <laughs> he talks but it's about just, how what a what a sweet deal they're getting. Yeah. You know? you know, and so yes, he's he's thinking about it, so we're not surprised when But he makes it clear yeah. that if they borrow the money their existing contract with the trucking becomes not null and void and they will have to make a new deal. He does make that clear. He just doesn't explain how awful the deal is going to be at this point in the story. Well, and, and and as long as, well, if never mind, let's not, let's not hypothesize what happened. Um, We'll get into that later. So 
what happens is uh his david that's this is the son played by ron silver says under no circumstances can we do business with ricky i know ricky like you don't know ricky and under no circumstances can we get into the business and they have a fight essentially saying that like if we don't do this there's no business for you to take over when i die and as david said if ricky's involved i don't want the business (laughs) Well, and there's going to be no business left anyway. Yeah, he's not going to let there be a business. It's Ricky. He drains everything. Like, he he sucks all of the blood out of everything, leaving you with nothing. You know, and, uh, and, well, we'll see more about that later. Uh, (laughs) Yes. It's kind of fantastic. But Uh, as you're watching this, you can just see what's happening here is a buildup. It's just a slow buildup. You already know that there is a tension between david and, and his father no no and, not oh, in his father. and yeah he knows stuff and penzola uh, yeah. he knows stuff about they've Ricky gone to his school dad. yeah we don't know that they were like you know college buddies which they were at this point but he's like i know ricky better than you do and you really know something's coming but we don't know what it is yet and yeah. that's the key part like we don't know what's coming yet but we know that the other shoe is going to drop at some point at some point and yeah and and david does not want to go into business won't even shake his hand yep um talks about his art oh, no. you know oh, you know and he says well yeah you know it's where i put a good place to put money until i decide where to put it yeah you know it's like, okay well, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's actually a, a true thing about rich people. Uh, here's a fun fact about art. The reason the art has been bid up so high in the world is that, and this is uh, fun, that rich people have no way to plant their money that's safe from tax. But if you buy art, and this is uh, what they have done is in all around the world, all of these countries have joined a treaty that's saying if you buy art, right, and you just leave it in a warehouse, you don't have to pay the taxes on buying that art until you actually take possession of it. So what they'll do is they'll buy a $600,000 to $5 million painting, and it goes straight from the auction house to a warehouse at the airport. Now, you just invested $50 million in that piece of art, but you didn't pay any taxes on the purchase. You don't pay any taxes until you either take it out of that warehouse or you sell it. Meaning, it is a tax-free investment that just sits there until you decide to sell it someday. Yes, in the except that he's taken it out because oh, no, no, they're he hanging does. on his It's walls. still a good investment yeah. either way, but I'm just saying that art, yeah. what Ricky's saying here, has, in the 30 years since then, been at the cornerstone of how rich people hide their money. So he's not actually wrong. Which I thought was pretty well. Funny. No, and and then and then what they do is donate it before they're going to die. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that is another thing they frequently. And then you do. can take it off your taxes because oh, yeah. it's, it's got this it's, huge, you know, it's it's a huge, usually a huge tax write off when oh, they absolutely. donate it, and of course it's worth it to whoever, whichever museum gets it. Oh yeah, yeah, because it'll drive uh, people coming to the museum. It's it's an interesting scam that rich people pull, but. So David says, and I want to point out, we have now had like two scenes, more than five minutes of the show, without the FBI turning up. So finally, we get a scene where uh, where David, David goes to the FBI to say, 
I cannot allow Ricky in the business. I need to find some way to do out. I'll wear a wilder for you. I will inform on people for you. I just need this to not happen. Well, like, he did, need... but it's not that. It's not that. Oh, no, it's not that easy. easy. No, it's not because he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want to turn goes on in there. He goes in there expecting that he can just talk to somebody and about he has getting to... his goods released. Well, it's no, yeah, it's not just yes, it's about that, but it's also that his father because his father has already agreed to sign. Yes. So he doesn't want them to go Enzola. through. It. Yeah. Um and you know, so then you see the back and forth with the agent. Yeah. And, and the agent is like, and, we can help you, but we need a name big enough for this to be worth worth our time. Yeah. And it's only then that David says, I can get you Ricky Penzola. Yeah. And that and, is the thing that convinces them to get on, get in bed with him. Yeah, and it's it's a very interesting it's a very interesting process because you know, he's kind of, I don't know if I can do this. And it's, mm -hmm. well, let me tell you, is the name big enough? You've got to give me a name that's big enough, worthwhile. Oh, yeah. And that's, and, and then we find out that they have been taping this whole yeah. meeting. <laughs> They've been taping the whole conversation. We see uh, Frank watching and being like, this is worth getting into. And then he goes yeah. to see Vinny to tell him to get in. And Vinny's really nervous about the prospect. Because well, he's yeah. being asked to go in with his cover pre-compromised. Yeah. Because David will know that he's a cop. Yeah. Eli won't know he's a cop. Nobody else will know he's a cop. But David will. And that's a really dangerous position for him to be in. Because, you know, his his every bit of his life is wrapped up in people not knowing he's an FBI agent. There's plenty of mob people who would be very disturbed to find out that Vinny had been in the FBI this whole time yeah which is a pretty nice thing but in the end Vinny agrees to go along with it and he goes and he meets eli who of course says wait a minute like i didn't approve ten thousand dollars to a new security consultant <laughs> which is nice uh mm -hmm. and then they're like and so he says to him go and uh go and uh tune up you know go and tune up johnny coke bottles and that'll be all, you know, that'll be all we need from you. Because we don't need a, we don't need a goon in our company. Yeah, muscles, as he calls yeah, them. Yeah, muscles. Oh, God, I know, right? You uh, know, so and yeah. Vinny just keeps his mouth shut and looks at David. He's like, you oh. know, but, and the and the, the thing is, is that David said, well, I've already given him $10,000. So, yeah, so, yeah. you know. He's already cashed the first check, so you can't yeah. fire him. Yeah. And so then we get, and this is the big question, when in the process of filming, because it's during this episode that that Ken Wall's leg was badly damaged. Yeah. And you can see it in this episode because he's on crutches within this episode. And my question is, where in this episode did that actually happen? Well, like, I think how much what was it, shot first. Like, the thing is, is that probably, well... As we as we well know, you don't always shoot things in sequence. Oh, of course, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, you don't shoot things in sequence, and so they must have, at some point, he hurt his leg. Well, he didn't hurt his leg. I mean, I've I've heard him tell the story, and literally, so they were doing this fancy shot where there's it's like a POV shot tracking forward, and then he walks into the shot. So he's like walking into his own POV. 
and then like the camera falls and they were pushing the dolly too fast and they ran over his leg and he's like ah and he badly hurt himself and then but he wasn't badly damaged yet so he did it again and then they rolled over his leg a second time and that's what snapped his tendon and crippled yeah yeah, so it's just terrible and it's like in this episode, you can see that there are scenes where he has to be on crutches and can't stand up. And the only question is, at what point did the injury happen? Because, spoiler alert, well, he kept filming the episode, and the injury got worse over yes. filming the episode. And that's why he leaves the show for the next couple of years. Yeah, well, the, and that's exactly... Well, you can tell. Yeah, oh, you can tell. I mean, you can sort of tell that he's fine with... At some at some points, right, and yeah. that's probably why they rejig to start with Eli and David. It wouldn't surprise me if they it did. wouldn't surprise me if they decided to do that if they reformatted um, it that way, uh, possibly because he couldn't do an earlier scene. I mean, who knows, right? Yeah, who know, who knows exactly what was going on? But the point you know, is, it it's while filming this episode, it's while you filming can, this episode you, you that can he was tell hurt. it because yeah. I was thinking when I was watching it, it's going okay. So it probably he didn't think it was that bad in the beginning. Exactly. And um and then it just got worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got no, worse and worse. And then by the episode the- they thought he was gonna be able to keep doing the show, obviously. Uh, but it got worse and worse, and so they write him off next week. <laughs> Which is sad, because you know, it's a show fundamentally about this character and this character's journey, so Writing him off the show temper, even temporarily. Yeah, but it makes. Situation. Yeah, it's a weird situation, but it works. Oh, it does. Because it's a short. It is. It partly it works because it's a short, mm-hmm. um, arc. I think that's true. Yeah, you it, know, it and and it is so focused, and I don't. I think even if Vinny had been in it, it is so focused on the relationship between David and Eli. Yeah. And and David's brother and David's cousin. No, Eli's brother and David's cousin. Yeah, Eli's brother and, and, and David's cousin. Yeah. And David's well, cousin. And that's the interesting thing about this arc is, and I mean, John Henry, who's a character we'll meet next week, he's yeah. got plenty to do. And you have to wonder, would Vinny have had more to do than John Henry does? If, like, because I'm going to say it, they don't spend as much time because we don't know who John Henry is and we're only going to get like some brief character things from him. Right. We, they don't spend the time looping his personal moral crises into the plots of the episodes that they do with Vinny because they know that he's only going to be here temporarily, you know, but anyway, let's stay focused on this. episode. Well, yeah, so let's stay. Johnny focused. Coke bottles, uh, uses a taser on Vinny and then smashes his leg. And it's, uh, you know, very frustrating. <laughs> and then he, and Vinny limps away. And then in a wonderful moment, uh, for the second time this week, oh, we forgot to mention the funny thing, which is David comes to see Vinny to talk about infiltrating the business. And he shows up at Vinny's house in a limo. <laughs> yeah. And Vinny sends, tells him to send the limo home. He can't have people in the neighborhood seeing like limos showing up in front of his house. House. Like he literally just moved into his mother's house and now limos are going to be here all the time. Like he's trying to just seem like a guy in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then once he's been hit with the baseball bat, he goes home, he's on crutches and 
Ricky also shows up in a limo at his house. And uh, he doesn't tell Ricky to send the limo away, obviously. He's well, not, he can't get up anymore. He can't even get up. <laughs> to oh, see that this, yeah. yeah. And he, so, so Ricky comes to see him, and you get this great scene where he, and this is one of the few times, like, we see Vinny just, like, with his personal gun. Yeah. And he, like, takes his gun out of the drawer, and he's in the middle of, like, setting up a, a stereo. And he, like, hides the gun among the uh, the pieces of styrofoam from the stereo kit. Yeah. So that he's, like, ready to grab it if Ricky pulls anything or if Ricky's got a guy with him. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, this is a dangerous situation. He doesn't know who Ricky is. And Ricky is very cordial with him. Mm-hmm. They're friendly. He wants to know what's going on. And Ricky uh, says he gives him a beeper and says, here's the thing. Whoever you think you're working for, I run 7th Avenue. So anybody who works on 7th Avenue is really working for me. And he gives him a, uh, he gives him a beeper. And he says, I want you to, you know, it's like, if this ever beeps, you know, I don't want to wait around for a call. So we're getting who Ricky is and how Ricky prioritizes stuff. And of course, Vinny goes along with that because this is exactly what he wants, to get as close to Ricky as possible to bust yes. Ricky. And, and of course, Ricky is well aware of his background. Oh, so- yeah. In fact, he points out that didn't your mother just marry Don, Don Ayuko? He's like, Welcome yep, well, to the family. To he La says. Familia. Yeah. La Familia. Because, yeah, because Vinny's already a made man, but now he's like family with mob royalty. Like, that's the thing. He's in La Cosa Nostra, but now he's like related to big yeah. time the commission. So he's like, he's much more connected than he used to be because of his mother's marriage, of all things. Yes. He's he's an even better agent now because his mother married Rudy. <laughs> yeah, because it just makes people trust him because they, they know Rudy signed off on this guy. So, boom, how bad could he be? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because everybody's still, and that's the thing, and we got that right from Squeeze, right? Everybody still respects Rudy and looks to Rudy, even though he's retired, you know? Now, and the thing is, the thing is, is what you've got, is that he does Please. go and see Penzola while he's still yeah, walking. Yeah, that's true. While he's Earlier walking. on, before this. This isn't the first time he's met yes, Penzola. that's correct. He does see Penzola once before in Penzola's office. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he meets okay. Penzola. And yeah, so, right. yeah, yeah, you uh, know, so you have to, you have to kind of, it's, it, it is an interesting sort of dynamic you're getting the scenes reversed he actually goes to see ricky penzolo at his office at the end of the episode now they first meet in this scene when ricky comes to his house and he goes to meet him at the end of the episode but he's already on crutches in this in when when penzolo comes to his house yeah because he went straight from meeting eli to go tune up uh johnny coke balls yeah, because remember, he goes straight from Eli's office to go beat up Johnny Coke bottles. No, but he goes, he goes and gets, he goes no, and, and gets permission gets the from Penzola. No, 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 you're forgetting. He says, right, what happens is, Pen- Ricky comes to see him, and he says, I heard you went to see Johnny Coke bottles, and you're working the thing. And so he asks, uh, oh, that's it. he okay. asks him, did this come from you? And yeah. Ricky tells him, no, I had nothing to do with that. And so he says to Ricky, do you mind if I do something about it? And Ricky says, be my guest. And that's when he goes back and beats up Johnny Coke bars. Okay. 
Yes, with his crutches. With his with his crutches, which is a nice scene. And yeah. so he manages to have heard, like, has he heard uh, and saw Johnny Coke bottles, you know, berating some guy who lives in Fort Lee, New Jersey, and threatening him. And he's obviously so he knows he's doing, uh, you know, he knows he's doing loan sharking, which is illegal. So he tells Frank about it, and right after Vinny beats up Johnny Coke bottles, Frank swoops in, right? Because Johnny goes to call. <laughs> Penzola and say why'd you let this guy come and beat me up like what the hell but instead frank's waiting for him to arrest him for loan sharking hoping to get him flipped and this is the great scene uh so then we see uh then we get You're back right. with more with eli and then we get more with eli and uh eli and david and Vinny has made a phone call as he says or as he says i made a muscle and the result was he got uh <laughs> this part I love. Uh he got them to release the goods. Like he got them to release the twenty million uh, sorry, the two million dollars worth of goods, right? Yeah. That were sitting They on, they got you know, he got the paperwork the fixed. Yeah, he got all the paperwork fixed. Yeah. And as Frank says, it's obvious the paperwork was forged. Yes. And it was forged in transit, meaning like somebody got a payoff to make sure that Eli didn't get the stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, boom, there you go. So you know something's going on here. Right? And I really love that because they're layering in the threat that's happening. here. Like, no, there's something really shady going on here. Because there's... In addition to what he thinks, in addition to everything else they already know about. Yeah, and there's shady stuff going on with, with, for Pinzola too. Oh, exactly. He's it's like there's something is going wrong. Exactly. And neither one of them can figure out at this exactly point what it is. What. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, Ricky, as we'll find out next in the next episode, he's got his own problems and he's wondering if this is all connected. Yeah. And he doesn't know for sure. It's kind of fantastic. Right. This little stuff they're doing. And he he makes an oblique man- reference to the fact that he's got a huge deal coming up and he cannot afford to be distracted by this small stuff and we're like okay so again they are remembering to start layering in this stuff early they have learned their lesson and they are still doing it which is again fantastic it's a very it's a brilliantly written show <laughs> so then uh vinnie goes to see uh vinnie has tuned up johnny coke bottle johnny coke bottles got arrested and then so vinnie goes to see ricky in his office and says essentially and ricky's pissed that he got the two million dollars uh, worth of cargo out yeah. And Vinny's like, I knew they owed you $2 million, and I thought, you know, as a way of making up to you about the Johnny Coke bottles mess, I'd get you the money by, un, you know, dealing with the cargo. And Ricky's like, next time ask. Yeah. You know, next time ask before doing something. Because Maybe don't again, take so much initiative. No. Again, what Vinny says to him, if you're not going to tell me. Yeah. If you're not going to tell me what I am, you need to I'm, do, how you, am I supposed to Because know? what he told told him was just go and do whatever you're going to do yep. for Eli. So he did whatever he was going to do for Eli. Yep. You know, and so it's like, you know, he just stands up to him. It's oh, it's yeah. an interesting it's a good scene. And it, it's a very good scene. And what it indicates is just how powerful Vinny's connections have become. Yeah. Because if this had been somebody else, Penzolo might have 
handled it different. Oh, like, completely different. So you, he yes. would be, he might be yelling, he might be screaming, he might be threatening, but no, like Vinny is so connected at this point that yeah. he has to be circumspect in how he talks to Vinny. Like, he has to be very careful about how he yeah. talks to Vinny, but at the same time, he's a boss and Vinny is just a soldier. So Vinny also has to do what he says if he wants to work in this area. Yeah. So it's a very complicated relationship and they're writing it really well. And the best example of it is, and it's, it's the total mob boss thing that they always talk about with Donald Trump, right? About how, the way he talks. We get the great scene where he says to Vinny, right? Uh, that I, uh, that Johnny Coke bottles is missing. And if he were anywhere in the city, I would know about it, meaning the feds had gra have grabbed him. Yeah. And so he says to Vinny, this guy could hurt me. Yeah. And then he just says, I'll see you later. And it is 100% clear what he wants Vinny to do. He, I mean, and Vinny can't go to court and say he meant that I should kill him, uh, kill Johnny Coke bottles. No. All he can say is, he said, this guy could hurt me and I'll see you later. Yeah. But that's how the mob works. And that's, you know, what always people talk about the way Donald Trump talks. is like he talks like a mob boss. He doesn't tell you to commit a crime. He just says this thing has to get fixed. Well, and he geez, trusts that yeah. you'll know to go and commit the crimes. Yeah. To fix the thing he wants fixed. Yeah. So it's like, again, great bait of mob boss writing in this episode. Just, again, everything about Ricky Penzola's character. It's fantastic writing. Like, just such a good character. Such a good job. Okay, so then we get a scene with Johnny Coke bottles. <laughs> who's, who's <laughs> refusing, who's like locked up in a cheap hotel with Frank and a couple of other FBI guys, you know, refusing to uh, right? flip yeah, on, refusing to flip on Ricky. And they're like, you know, if you're not going to charge me, let me go. And they're like, yeah, well, we'd let you go. But Ricky's got a contract out on you. And he's like, if he had a contract with me, you'd never know it. Frank's like, well, we got a guy inside his organization. So, yeah, we do know that he has a contract out on you. And presumably the, the, the idea here was, and you can tell me if you disagree. I think that the idea here was, okay, we'll get him to flip and then we'll fake his death. And then he'll be, you know, we'll just hide him in a safe house until all of this is over. Yeah. Is, is what they were planning to do. Yeah. But Johnny Coke bottles goes another way <laughs> and jumps out a window. Yeah, well, actually, he just falls backwards yeah, he, out the window. Yeah, he just sits <laughs> in the windowsill and just lets himself go. Yep. It's one hell of an ending and one hell of a way to establish just how brutal Ricky is. Yeah. Because up until this point, we've just heard stories. Yeah, well, he seems like, you know, a reasonably yeah. Yeah, nice guy. Just, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he, he threatened them, but it, only in a business context. Like, yeah. there's been no non-business threats happening this time. And he just seems like, is he really that much worse than any other yuppie? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the question. Is like, is he really that much worse than any other yuppie? And the answer is, yeah, because Johnny Coke bottles jumps out of a window. A window. So he must be. Even though we're not seeing it yet, he yeah. must be. He must be a monster. And that's the yeah. thing. Oh, so, I mean, again, great reveal, great use of action to reveal the character by showing other people's, uh, how they, how other people react to the character. Just all really well done. Like, yep. all fantastically done. Now, we haven't talked about Carol at all, because she just, 
shows up for a second this week. Yeah, she's not. She's not a major. She's at the the so. so yeah. Um, and you know, she, yeah, it's very clear that she hates David's father. Yeah. And that's that. 100%. She does not care for Eli, right? Yeah. She hates Eli. And we're not 100% clear on why, but we'll get that soon. So Vinny shows up. He, uh, says hi to Mr. Penzolo, takes credit for killing Johnny Coke well, bottles. Well, but it's so nice. He just walks yeah. and he said, and he looks at Penzolo and says, and thank you. No, no, he says, and you're welcome. And you're because welcome. In yeah, the previous scene, right. Ricky had talked about how, like, uh, he never said, uh, he's never in a position to thank anybody for anything because he yeah. doesn't like people doing him favors. So he never has to say thank you. And so Vinny shows him the, the newspaper that says Johnny Coke bottle's dead. And he just says, you're welcome. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah well, he, yeah, he doesn't show him. Uh, Mr. No, 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 Zola picks it up. It doesn't matter with that detail. <laughs> Not an I know, detail. but when we're trying to talk right, to people, right? right? You're we've right. watched. It's important to do it the right way. You're absolutely correct. You know, it's just no pencil sees it, and right? He's like, because... You're welcome, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. You know, oh, so fantastic. Yeah, so you know, I mean, already he's he's just setting up, and yes, and that's exactly you know what's what's kind of. Yeah. Nobody knows that he was in FBI custody, and mm -hmm. not really. Nobody really knows it, so, nope. so they it can let. Great. Yeah, they can yeah. let everybody think. Oh, well, maybe Vinny. Maybe he was just in hiding, and Vinny threw him out a window. Like yep. nobody knows what happened. It's really a fantastic. It's just a fantastic reveal. Yep. Uh, so then we get the episode, second episode, which is next of kin. Uh, it starts with them, you know, getting ready to go to a dinner. Uh huh. They're getting ready to go to dinner, and uh, what do you call it? Um, and David is getting ready to go to Malaysia. Oh no, sorry, to Sri Lanka. Yeah. Uh, to cut a deal for making some clothes, and the key is, his dad wants to make sure he does not pay more than seventy cents per unit for these clothes. And at the same time, you're thinking, oh my god, like this is the birth of fast fashion. You know, it's like the thing that is destroying the world right now. Yeah. The fast fashion industry where, you know, you sell unbelievably cheap clothes and there's a new set of clothes every three weeks, a completely new design. Like this whole fast fashion industry, like this is an episode about the birth of that industry, about them sending off, you know, for people at slave labor wages in the third world to put these clothes together, to be put on a, you know, to be put on a... <laughs> Uh, to be put on a boat and shipped all the way around the world like it's it's really interesting like that this wasn't a huge thing yet but this is all about well, the death of american manufacturing well what's really funny okay is that but you already had sort of love story in its sequel yeah about about this clothing this disastrous clothing industry it isn't mm -hmm. a big deal at yep. that point in the 70s walmart is just barely coming into yet. its a thing yet yeah. right so the 80s is just it it starts to really percolate and everybody is starting to send things off shore and we will find out sort of some of the reasons why they're sending them offshore they've already sent them offshore to korea so yeah. now he's going to sri lanka because he can probably get it cheaper well yes 70 cents than korea <laughs> Then even so, then it, then Korea even yeah, they send the 
you send the uh, the cloth and the fabric you want used, and then they send you back the finished dresses at 70 cents a unit, was yeah. the idea. And the funny part is, he specifically says to David that what they're going to do is they're going to, you know, they're going to have a woman there, and uh, it's going to be uh, like she's attracted to you, but they've hired a sex worker to trick you into paying out the nose, and you're going to come back, and it's going to be like 80 cents a unit, and then we're screwed. And <laughs> the funny part is, we actually saw like and as david says so basically they're gonna do what you do yeah in the previous episode so we had seen him literally hire a model to have sex with the guy who's buying for some chain of department stores yeah you know like this is not at all like this is not at all it's only after the part of industry you know it no i mean it's a slimy it's a a slimy slimy business business and um you see it at the beginning. I was, I, I, I do want to mention just be <clears throat> as we're going, cause he's going off to Sri Lanka, then yeah. the rest of the episode, but that opening scene, right. Yeah. And we didn't talk about how effective that was that the opening scene and showing those bronze statues. Yep. And having Eli screaming at this woman. And then David says, she doesn't understand English. English. He does this giant monologue about the both about the industry and how, you know, it's like if you want to make it in America, you have to do, you know, you have to be willing to go the extra mile. And it's like giving this wonderful speech about capitalism and the industry in America. And David's like, she doesn't speak English. But he like, who is this for? Just stop. Stop. Just stop it, Dad. Like, there's no reason to be doing this. It's so good. But yeah. Yeah. And that's that's those 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 bronze statues. Yep. And when he talks, when he's talking, right, it, it is really a very effective edited. opening yeah. to this arc. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. which is why I, I want to. Oh, that, no, no, yeah, we, you're be, right. We should yeah. have mentioned it earlier, and I apologize. For that. Yeah, it's one of the things I'm going to use in the class um, yeah. because it is an example of how to set up an mm-hmm. arc. Oh, like, you oh, yeah. just learn everything. Yeah. Both right about, there. Like, the world they live in. And what the two of their relationship is. Like yeah. The, and the key thing about this episode. And is these, the people who work for him. Well, of course, yes. But it's like the key thing about this episode is what is their relationship and how is this industry and the work they do defined that relationship? Because yep. Eli's entire life is his business. Yep. You know, <laughs> his business is literally called Elrose because he's named Eli and his wife is named. Well, his first wife, David's mother was named rose yeah it's going it's it's um yeah interesting because now we'll get into his talking about that okay and this is where yeah this is where it gets fantastic so uh they see somebody stealing a dress like see some guy stealing a dress from outside of the uh from one of their trucks so they run out Uh to stop him and for this entire first scene Vinny has just been sitting in a chair Yes. And then we see a stuntman get hit by a car. Yeah. And you see Vinny lying on the ground. You're like, oh, so by the time they started filming this episode, he couldn't walk at all. Yeah. That's yeah. how bad his leg has got. And so he spends the rest of the episode just in a hospital. Yes. Uh, they still do a scene where uh, Carol comes to visit him and comes on to him. And yeah. here it's basically the same thing that happened in One on One. But here it makes more sense because right away... Like, there was always that problem with her coming on to him in one-on-one, because, yeah, he's the handsomest man in the world and all, but your job is to, you know... But you're on a job. Your job, yeah, yeah, and your job is, you know, here 
to get close to Sid. So come on, what are you doing, woman? Whereas this yeah. time, it actually makes perfect sense because That's this guy is now working the business. She does now interest, and she has a deal going on, and she needs to know how involved Vinny is. Like, how much does Vinny know? She wants to get on Vinny's good side, just in case this becomes an issue later. Mm-hmm. You know, I really liked that. So yeah, that was that was a nice touch, and it's yeah, she's coming on to Vinny, and in other in another show from the ages, be like, well, the ladies always come on to the main character, and in most shows that would be true, but that's not normally how this show is played. No. So it's meaningful when she does this. Yes, and a, as we will find out later in the episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it is it is it is fascinating. Yeah. Um, because it it is now um Vinny is totally incapacitated and then we we cut back to the dinner yep and Oof. frank has managed to go to the dinner get get an invite to the dinner so, so he can watch it yeah so he can he can watch this where where Ricky Penzola is going to get the uh man of the year philanthropist award. of the year or whatever award it is. Yeah, yeah we you know he's going to be celebrated for all the good he does in the garment industry yeah and so there's frank yakin and says ah because of course Vinny would have been doing this under normal circumstances so frank is there because somebody's got to cover it mm -hmm. and it's it's a list of who's who yeah. and he sees the the head of the union the late yep. at, at the porch Yep. No, in a having a big fight with Ricky Pinzola. Yep, and he knows and there's something going on there that we don't have the details. We of don't yet, have the detail. Yeah, and then, right, <laughs> and then we get we get Eli. Yeah, decides he's got to give a speech, and what he does is this is not a speech about the wonderful Ricky. <laughs> this is a roast. Yeah, all the horrible things because by this point he has returned the money plus yep. plus the and interest, now, but now he's stuck paying all this extra shipping fees. All of a sudden, he's going to pay all this extra shipping fees. Yeah, and double. It's, in the, yeah. it's he's more essentially than doubled. doubled. He, yeah, it's more than double what he play, pays to ship goods, and he's like, it's massively leading into his business. So he gives a whole speech about how you know. Like for every dollar that's made in the uh, on Seventh Avenue, thirteen cents of it goes to Ricky Benzola. Yeah, he tells this supposed joke. Yeah, I and then he starts talking about let's talk about 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 Rick's Ricky's art. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> there's art so and so and art so and so. And He's a big art, art collector. So -so. He collected, you know, art so and so's trucking company and art so and so's shipping and art so and so's. <laughs> You know, a uh, cutting house and art so and so's warehouses, his art collection. <laughs> no, and such so, a good uh, joke. Look, Jerry Lewis is, oh. and I mean, he was such. And I think that maybe they wrote. If I was to say anything, yeah. they wrote so much of this entire episode as focusing around Jerry Lewis. Oh, absolutely! Like this, yeah, no, this right. was a big, big name. It's to a get huge show, a TV. Yeah. No, this is like, it's a giant get to have Jerry Lewis be like yeah. just a guest star on a TV show for five weeks is a giant get. Even in 1988, that was yeah. still a huge Jeez. get. Jerry Lewis. 
like Oscar nominated giant, you know, there was a time in the 60s where he was literally the biggest draw in film. And yeah. he is still like this beloved figure. Every year he did a giant telethon. Well, he does know, it. Help children. Yeah. Well, for it, right for muscular dystrophy. Yeah. Yeah. For muscular dystrophy. Every year, Jerry's kids. Like, he was a na essentially a national treasure doing this TV show. Was. I mean, and it's it's crazy that they were able to get it. But yeah, they so, wrote a part that was worth him showing up. Oh, yeah. And when you see him up on that stage. Playing as a half drunk. Like, playing just like. He's just like. He's had totally. a couple too many. He's had a couple too many when he starts giving yeah. that speech. You know, but that's okay. And, and so it's then such we such a good performance. Uh, oh yes, God. and then then we cut back to like we don't see the whole speech. We cut no. next to Frank going in to talk to Vinny about how how are things going. Yeah, and you know, Carol finds left. out Vinny's not going to be able to walk, and yeah. they have to make other arrangements. Yeah, they're going to have to make other arrangements. And then while Frank's there, all of a sudden Ricky Penzola shows up. Yeah. And Frank ducks into the bathroom, hides in the bathroom, and Vinny already knowing that he can't do the job, yeah, because Frank can't let the job go. Of so, so he, you know, Vinny does 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 this thing of well, I do have a partner. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to be able come to and see you. Yeah, yeah, who'll come and see you, right? But we we learn from Ricky that like the stolen yeah. goods were not him. Like he's like, no, that, I had nothing to do with that. And he's like, I've got problems of my own with material keeps disappearing down on the dock. I lost six trucks. Yeah. I lost six trucks worth of goods down at the dock, and I need to know what's happening. And uh, we yeah. find out that the guy he was having a fight with, the head of the union down there, right, is uh, <laughs> wants to yeah. run for mayor. And Ricky was promising to underwrite his mayoral campaign, and he was yelling and screaming at him. Because, because Ricky has pulled out his money. Yeah. So, so. um, and that's, but we don't, we find that later on. Yeah, it's, we find that later on. That's later on, right? Context. But what happens here, right? So, so Frank Scott, and then, then we cut to sort of Frank, right? And then, Fra you know, Frank gets Raglan. So yeah, and then so we get we Tony John Dennison. Henry, John Henry Raglan, which is Tony Dennison, which is, as we said, Ray Luca from, you know, the star, let's face it, the, the co-lead of uh, Crime Story. Ray Luca, Tony Dennison is in this. And he comes in as John Raglan, who used to be, and we get a couple of quick scenes. He talks to Frank and he asks why Frank called him in. And we find out that he has been essentially working a computer for the Department of Justice for the past five years. He has been sitting in a basement in Maryland, inputting data and taking data out. And that's all he's been doing. And he's and been, he has been satisfied. And he has been, as he says, he's been ha satisfied that it's like, uh, I, I got divorced. You know, I don't get to see my son enough. I get divorced. I don't get to see my son enough. But now, because I work on a computer, I get to go home at night. And it's not that different from what, you know, Frank talked about, about when he was, you know, stuck in Vancouver all that time. Yeah. That when he was working in, <laughs> when he's, uh, you know, when he's working down in, uh, you know, New Jersey, he had a home and he had a life. Yeah. You know, and now he's just doing this. And John Henry's like, yeah, that's the life I liked. And then Frank says, and this is the key thing. I'm calling in a favor and like, why would I do this? And he's got the great line, which is you didn't go out on a wing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
like whatever happened in Phoenix, which is where they had all they had worked together before, and we don't get the details yet. But what happened in Phoenix was it went real bad. Yeah, real and bad, so real fast, real bad, real fast. And so Frank is calling in a favor and saying, "I need you to come and do this for me." And, and we find maybe, out that yeah. But I'm saying, like, we don't know what the details are yet, but he's mm-hmm. obviously able to play on some kind of guilt in John Henry Ragland's. Well, blood. it's not only that, but that that business is all, not only that, but it's the pride thing, too, when he oh, says, absolutely. but you didn't go out on a win. And yeah, and he knows, but he knows what motivates these guys. That's the yeah. thing. John Henry ain't that different from Vinny. Yeah. And Frank knows what motivates these guys and how they get to love the life. Yeah. You know? And so it's, again, really, really well-written character. Yeah. Just a fantastically well-written character. Yeah. So, so he sends him in, and we get scenes of John Henry meeting everybody. Well, first he, he goes, he does, he does, he's learned from Vinny what to, like from yeah. Frank from Vinny, right, what to do. He goes first to meet Penzola. Yep. <laughs> right? And, and the guy, uh, clears and, things with Penzola first. Yeah, and he knew he was in Leavenworth with his... With his yep, cousin, with his cousin, yeah, right? he had been in eleven, yeah, because just like all the other members of this super deep undercover, he had to go to prison under his own name. Yeah, and he happened to do it out in California. Leavenworth's in California, right? Anyway, wherever Leavenworth is, he Who was cares? he spent some time in Leavenworth, and so he met some mob guys there, and so Ricky's already heard of him, which is nice. It gives yeah. him a good in. Right, and then a, you know, and Ricky asked about the pager. John Henry's already got the pager on his. Yeah. Uh, I know, right? Yeah, you know, and then he goes off to see Eli, and Eli is it distraught. There has yep. been a terrorist bomb in the hotel where David is staying. In the hotel where David is staying. And they can't raise anybody and they can't find anything out from the State Department. And, you know, so. So he's panicking and he's freaking out. And this is where we get what is best described as like this gorgeous acting showpiece from him. Like, it's fantastic. The show, like the acting showcase we get from Jerry Lewis in this episode, because David might be dead and he is. Like, going over and excoriating himself for, like, every mistake he made as a father for his entire life. Like, he's just going, you know, line by line on how he screwed up their relationship. And, uh, like, how when he comes back, I'm just going to give David his half of the business. And we're going to be real partners instead of him working for me. You know? And, like, all of the stuff he does. And it's like... And it really gives you into a window of how the narcissist's mind works. Well, the thing is, is that, that there he is, you know, when his, you know, he's off, he's off driving trucks and stuff while his baby is being born, yeah. right? He isn't, doesn't even bother going to the hospital until afterwards. Because he was built, and that's, and it's this beautiful scene where he's so full of regret. And the longer you get into the scene, right, with all these speeches making, you realize He's not real, like what he's talking about, what he's scared of is that there's going to be no one to keep the business going. Yep. And when he dies, nobody's going to remember who he was because right. the business will go away. Like he, cre- he had a son so that there would be someone to keep the business going, basically. Basically. Oh, and we didn't, we forgot 
Oh, sorry. We forgot from last season to mention last when season. David and Vinny go to the bar. Oh, yeah. At the, the club, right? And right. where David, David says he asked his son. His yeah. son said, am I going to do you want to work in this? Yes. Do you want to? No, because then we can't be friends. Friends. Then we can't be friends. And that explains Jesus. everything about so Eli much. and David's relationship that even his children yeah. see it. Right. Well, and so, I think a key part in that scene that we, I can't, yeah. I'm embarrassed. I forgot we mentioned is yes. we also learn that it's like that six years ago, his father, you know, got down on his hands and knees and begged him to come into the family business finally. Yeah. Because he had never wanted to work in fashion because then he'd have to work with his dad. And, you know, obviously their relationship has never been any good. No, so and like he's idea, been successful. Yeah. He's actually, as he's explaining to Vinny, I was successful. Yeah. But because he, like, it was actually off... made money making theater, like he actually Doing did plays and made money off Broadway. Which, yeah. as he says, is almost impossible to do. And he did it. And since, uh, and of course, well, it's off Broadway, it's small, and his fa uh, father never respected him. And since he joined the business, the business grew 30%. But as he says, that couldn't possibly be his involvement, according to his father. Yeah. So it's like he is suited to the trade, right? But the yeah. difference is his father can never admit that. Like his, his father can never let him have a win. Yeah, you know. and it is, uh, yeah, so, yeah, and that is, that was a key scene leading yeah. into this scene where you get Eli, you know, he thinks, you know, he's screaming and hollering, and then, because John Henry does manage to get a hold of somebody at state, ha, ha, And ha. finds out that, I know, right? Yeah. And finds um, out that of the bodies, none of, like, David isn't one of the bodies they have. And, and his room, and his touched. room wasn't touched, but yeah. that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, he wasn't because, at the bar, exactly. Yeah. We don't no, but know. The but the important part we learn is the identified bodies, none of them are dead. So we've yeah. got that going for us, at least. Yes. You and know? But but he's still upset. And then you get, you know, um, it is it is interesting to, because this is when, you know, I mean, Carol already, you know, going into this whole business, even with John Henry, like she really hates yep. Eli. She blames him for her father. And we're going to... Like, like we're only, we're getting just a little bit Into of it. relationships. Like yeah. right now, we're only getting the fact that it was his father's business. And then Eli is the one that signed took all these contract, contracts yeah. and took it over. And then um, his brother ended up working for him. Right. Yeah. And then it'll get even worse as she discusses this more as we go along. But well, and what's fascinating is, there is they actually point out that um, he was running this small garment manufacturing, making belts for the army. Yeah. And then the war started and Eli came in and we, Eli was such a good salesman yep. that it became like they got hundreds of army contracts and it became like a real million dollar operation that, as she said, suddenly Eli owned 100 percent of. Yeah. And her father and, was just working as a cutter for Eli. Yeah. And. And it was, it's, it's, it was interesting, right? I mean, ju just to see this, this rancor. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, she was too. She's the, the other one that was from Crime Story. Yep. And, um, and she was on Unsub. She's and also she was the, on Unsub. Yep. She's also the cop that goes nuts on Unsub. Yep. So All we, the same performance. Yeah. Um, so she's, uh, but in this, this one, right? It's really, it's good, but the focus is on Eli. 
and how he switches from being angry to being terrified and he makes all of these promises and she says to him well why didn't you tell david that you know while he was here you know while he was here well no david knows i love him and you're just sort of sitting there because we've seen david and david does understand his father yeah, there's no question. His, no, he knows who his father is. Absolutely. Yes, and he knows, right, that his father only cares about the business. As yeah. as he told the FBI guy that he first met, mm-hmm. you know, my father still thinks he's in Flatbush. Every yeah. time he's still back, scrambling. Yeah, scrambling for every single dollar. Yeah, yeah. and he said, not that. You know, they don't need it. I mean, for heaven's sakes, he's got the house, he's got this, he's got oh, that they've now. Got plenty of money. Yeah. As he says, like, there's even a thing where he talks about never using your own money on things. Yeah. And, and David says that's ridiculous because, yeah. you know, for the sh- for a short term thing, they could yeah. have done it, right? Um, oh, yeah. Because, you know, just like, you know, you, you borrow money for a week and you put it back. Exactly. <laughs> no. Um, out of your whatever your savings account, the bank is going to oh, yeah. lend. The bank would have lent the money based on his house for yep, God's but sake. As he said, you never put in your own money. <laughs> yeah, you know, which is which is just yeah. to, to, to David's way of thinking. Of course, is crazy. Is crazy. Pati- yeah, Particular. You're going to go to Ricky Penzola instead. <laughs> instead of putting up your own money, I know yeah. it's a crazy idea. To and David, of course, is right about this. But yes. Know. And so, then we get, please. so things are still going on, right? So I'm going to yeah. sort of, things are still going. Tell me if I'm off chronologically. I will tell you if you miss anything. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. So what happens, right, is that, is that, is that we get a scene with Carol and yep. Penzola. Mm-hmm. And Carol is sitting there screaming and going, no, 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 no. He's they're falling, you know, Eli's falling apart. Now is the time to strike. We can take it all, blah, 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 right? Like, no, we got to wait. Rick says, no, you don't bring emotion into business. We've yep. got a plan. We're going to stick with the plan. And then you realize that, like, the deal that Carol was talking about and the stuff that Ricky was talking about is the same deal. Yeah. They've been working together this whole time. Whatever and by it the way, is, so smart of them to reveal it this early in the office. Yes, I know because now we've got to wait and see what, what the hell is, is really going on here. I know, and we're not going to find out for a while. But again, it's what I talked about in the first season: yeah. is they're not that interested in surprising the audience anymore. Mm-mm. They don't want to surprise you. They want to give you the pieces and let you wonder how the pieces are going to come together and fall. Like it's yeah, oh, it 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 the is. The structure it, is so much more interesting. Yeah, it really, really is. Rather than giving you this, these big, it is it, and this one more than anything else is just oh, yeah. going to build and build for these. It's like a long movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it really that is. just keeps building. You have your plot points. You have, mm-hmm. you know, they're introduced early enough. You don't know what necessarily is going to happen later on, and you can't necessarily figure it out. Although there are no. clues, but there you, are. but not specifics. There yeah, are clues, the but no specifics. That's you know, and then we move back, and David phones. Yeah. He's and okay. he's in, yeah. yeah. And Eli's talking on the phone 
right now. And this is where Dave, it, it's really, this, this is where David doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. Let his father, I don't know. His father is quiet on the phone, right? Yeah. His father doesn't know what to say. He's just happy. It's David. Yeah. And David, it turns out, had already gotten on a plane before yeah. the terrorist bomb no, hit. Because he had already closed the deal and he was heading out to the airport when the bombing happened. Yeah. So he got out on, on the plane and he yeah. was in Hawaii. So he was on. And it, this is all the days before internet and yeah, everything else. So he else. had no way of knowing. He's on an 11-hour flight. So he doesn't even know that everybody's freaking out about it. Yeah. No. Nobody has any idea. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yep. so what happens is, is that he just, you know, it's, 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 trust me, and it's different days. And <laughs> having tried done that trip more than once, <laughs> yeah, it, you're it going is into the past. You're from Australia, back to the crazy yeah. part. Like, yeah, you're. It's tomorrow when you leave, and then when you get there, it's yesterday. It's yeah, very confusing. It's very taking confusing. that flight. Yeah, and so what happens? Right, and then, then he says, "Well, don't you want to know? I finished the deal. Don't you want to know?" Yeah. You know, and then so he tells him he had to pay a couple of thousand dollars. Seventy five cents. Not seventy five cents per unit instead of seventy. And he had to pay the, the broker a couple yeah, of thousand he had to, dollars. Yeah, he had to do a payoff. To, yeah. To, yeah, because you know, uh, you always do a payoff. Yeah. And to, yeah. Eli immediately switches to yelling at David for screwing up the order. Yeah. It immediately like the minute he knows David's out of danger. All, all of the maudlin stuff goes away. All of the concern goes away. He just goes back to being completely unable to communicate because he never learned how to communicate with his son. It's horrible to watch. It was horrible to watch. There was no question. It yeah. was just horrible to watch. Yep. Like, because, and I think it, I think it comes down to really, like, there is a, there is an area to which, sorry, a degree to which, not area, a degree to which, like, I mean, Eli, I believe he loves his son, okay? I do. I believe he, on one level or another, loves his son. But, like, he's so, he is so wrapped up his self-identification uh, with the business, right? Yeah. That it gets in the way of every single one of his relationships. Yeah. Like, all of them. Like, all of his relationships are so tied up in the business that he can never just communicate it anywhere. Like, he can't communicate anything else. He can never escape that part of it. And so it always comes back to the business and what people are doing for it, and so on and so forth. It's like, can it help me? Does it hurt me? And everything else is secondary. And so that's why his son can never get any approval out of him, right? Because... When the business succeeds, even if David caused it to succeed, well, it's David, it's Eli's business, so it's really his success. So we would never credit anybody else. And when the business fails, he finds someone else to blame. Yep. You know, he's not an emotionally mature character. He's just not. And at the core, like he has this moment of clarity when his son is in danger, when he might have lost his son. He has this moment of absolute clarity. And then it all goes away just as fast as it got there. Yep. So it's like on some level, he must know he's doing wrong by his son. He must but he know. But he can't stop. But he can't because who stop is doing he it. going to be if he isn't this person? Yeah. If he isn't the guy who's the successful businessman, right? 
that is, you know, uh, the the head of the air like the head of the area and everyone loves him and he's like the the king of his neighborhood like if he isn't that what is he who is he yeah right and there's nothing there and that's the key part you know <laughs> without that there's there's nothing to him and he can't cope with that so he just constantly doubles down over and over again on this awful toxic behavior I just I love this performance so much it, it was it was I mean it, it's, it's so stunning. Yeah. Because, because all go. of a sudden I'm going, yeah, I mean, <laughs> because we've completely forgotten the whole. Well, yeah, no, we'll, we'll do the friend. other part. Yes. We'll do, yeah. We'll have to do we'll, that. Yeah. After, we'll just you know, quickly before. say, I mean, there's no, there's nothing no. too resonant in the, um, no. in the Frank's thing where, well, actually there is one parallel they do, which is okay. So Frank goes and following the tip, following, you know, the tip and, uh, you know, Ricky was complaining about the missing yeah. goods, so Frank goes to look in on it, and he sees them taking an Amici trucking um, what do you call it? The, what do you call those containers? Right? One yeah. of those uh, corrugated steel containers and putting another company's tag on it and then just yeah. driving it out of the place. And he gets a photograph of the guy doing it, but he doesn't know who it is, but he manages to get the guy's license plate so he can find it out it is. And it turns out it's the head of the, uh, the port cops. The port yeah. authority cops is the one pulling the heists. And so they grab him and they pull him in and he cracks immediately and he gives up the union boss and city uh, bigwig, the same who was running run for, mayor. for mayor, who's decided he's going to run for mayor with money he steals from Ricky instead yeah. of money he gets from Ricky. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. actually forgot that, but it does play no, it does in pay eventually. It does, yeah, it does pay. Yeah. Like it and we a, get and we get the apology from the. Oh, that is from the man who stole the dress. We finally come back around and find out the man who stole the dress. And this is the key thing. It reflects back on, uh, what do you call it? On Eli's story. Because we find out that the reason Vinny got crippled and the man was, uh, right, uh, is that this guy was stealing a dress because he missed his wife's anniversary. The wedding anniversary, yeah. well, or his wife's birthday. Yeah, I guess no, he was the wedding anniversary, anniversary. Her birthday, whatever it was. It was so he a, got drunk and he stole so he a drunk dress. And he stole a dress, and I love that because it factors back in because it's a guy who is not paying enough attention to his relationships, and then he hits like a pivotal moment in you know. In one case, it was the possible death of the son. In this, it was missing his wife's birthday or forgetting their anniversary. Either one is really bad. You yep. know? And so he does. And both of them do like desperate things to try and make up for it that wind up just causing more problems. So yep. like it's not it's not as big a resonant thing, but it does tie in. And that's the yes. key part. It's and all these little pieces. And again, this is a plot line that never would have happened. Like, because they wouldn't have bothered doing this part of the plot line if Vinny hadn't, you know, had Ken Wall not being crippled. Yeah. You know, so the thing about this episode is we don't, like, it really is, we don't get much Ricky. We don't get much Frank. We don't get much anybody. We get so much Eli. Yeah. Like, this is just, this is his episode. That's all about the character. And by the end of this episode, you know everything you need to know about Eli. And I mean, plus the stuff with Carol, obviously, talking about how much she despises him. That's important later, too. Yes. But it's like, for the rest of the three episodes, everything Eli does, we will understand 100% by the 
because of what we learn about him in this episode. What we learn about him and his relationships and the way he does business in this episode, the rest of the season makes perfect sense. Yeah. All right, which brings us to what you're going to be watching next week. Uh, You're going to be watching A... Um, I always, I always forget what the, what that episode is called. The, okay, the one so, about sweatshop workers. So okay, well, episode, just a moment. Next episode. No, I'm just going to look it up myself. You don't have to. Well, no, I don't have to because I have it right here. As do I. Let's see who gets there first. It's me, All, all or, or Nothing. nothing. Well, tie, tie, you got <laughs> it. Tie, it was a tie, it and where's tie. the money? Uh, and where's the money is unique, uh, just because I've talked not overly derisively, but a little about those five minutes we have to spend every episode uh, in the FBI building where they explain what happened for the people who missed last week. I will say, I will say this time, like where's the money is my favorite one of them in the entire series. That's like my favorite one of these. A second, like the thing that is like the only thing that has a chance of being better is the one that's like, uh, three episodes into the Washington D.C. arc, but that one is pointedly patterned after how good they did it in uh, "Where's the Money?" Where's the money? Because yeah. the genius of "Where's the Money?" is seen, like that sequence in "Where's the Money?" Right? Is that instead of just doing a recap, they they structure it as if it's investigators talking through a case. And at the same yes. time, and while they're talking through a case, obviously they're going to bring up all of the facts they know. Like, it's the most organic it will ever be in the series. Yeah. Right? And so, very, very happy with that scene in Where's the Money? And it's the first scene in Where's the Money? So, join us back here for All or Nothing and Where's the Money, which are both really good episodes. Yeah. Like, um, the the All or Nothing is all about the industry, like, more even more than the first two are. And you get mm-hmm. fascinating and it's all about worker rights and labor and the fast fashion industry and how it's, you know, destroying workers. And then where's the money is just, oh, now all of the plot is happening at once. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much plot in that episode. Well, it's so, it's so funny because this is, um, sometimes in some ways, yeah. I, I would say that this these packed episodes like because we don't usually get them yeah didn't be even you know i mean i can't think of anything since that is so packed it's so dense every it week. is so dense and you can you get that where i get that is in k dramas oh yeah so That's where true. you will have an episode and you're just like by the end of it reeling because there's been so, so much stuff much happening and you're going i've got six episodes left <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are they gonna do next and well, they mean, do it yeah and that's but that's wise guy and that's why they were able to do yeah. and i mean i will complain that the arcs after the first season aren't long enough and we don't get enough time to get to know these characters and get to know these worlds. The only other arc that's as good as an arc, like, and I'm talking complete arc, right? That is yeah. satisfying is the music arc this season. And that's a full seven episodes. Yeah. And that's, you know, almost as long as, I mean, that's longer than a season of British prestige television, which are generally only six episodes. So, but they're still good enough writers that they, even though they're only doing four and five episodes arcs, arcs, they really yeah. managed to pack a huge amount of content into them. 
that again is nothing on tv compares to it at the time and today as you say very little on tv compares to it and that's partially because and i don't want to complain too much because i love breaking bad too but a lot of people making tv want to bring all of the tools of movies to television and they want to make TV shows that look like movies and they want to do just visual storytelling and they want to take long language scenes where you spend 15 minutes to learn one thing about a character. <laughs> I'm like, And I'm bored to tears. Yes, yeah, that's great and all, but maybe just less musical montages and more move the plot forward. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, but less, I mean, I mean, maybe they've been watching Bollywood movies. <laughs> maybe. That's right. true. That's entirely possible. But yeah, that's the key thing. Uh, for uh, for whatever faults it has, at no point when they're doing an arc episode, not when they're doing the one-offs, when they're doing an episode in an arc, this show never takes its foot off the gas. It It, it is as if, <laughs> you know, they are treating it as if it's a long, long movie. Absolutely. I, I would say that without all of these other montages and things. Yeah. Because it's it is, you have in this case what you have is five acts. Yeah. If if you knew you know how movies are structured, you've got five acts and there's so much packed into each of these yeah. and you get so much information about these people. Well no, and that's and it, that's the key part. Like this one, right? And the right because you got the the first act where we're setting everything up, the second act, this episode where we find out what the threat is that Carol yeah. and um Ricky and are something. You got the third act, which is breaking down and looking into it, uh, you know, breaking down and looking into everything into the business, got, into the business. So that's the midpoint of the story where we now mm -hmm. understand everything. Then you got the climax of the story is the fourth act, and that's where's the money is the climax of the story, and then mm -hmm. the fifth act is the denouement, where where you will cry. <laughs> Most people will cry at the end of this one. <laughs> yeah. But we'll uh we'll talk about that. We'll yep. talk about that when we get there. For now though, um thanks for watching as sorry, thanks for listening as always. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review the show. That's how new people find it. We're going to see you back here next week for those episodes. But until then, I'm going to say au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.